Father, we say thank you. Thank you for the fact that you always speak to us. This evening our ears are open. Our hearts are open. Lord, speak to us. Guide and instruct us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Why don't you take your seat. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. prodigal son. Do you remember? And we said there are typological realities in the story of the prodigal son. Glory to God. So we spoke about the fact that the story of the prodigal son reveals so many things. One of them is that it speaks of the church and the world. So that the world is the younger son. Because almost everything that was said, do you know the story of the prodigal son? Okay, we will read it, but I um, want us to read other parts of the Bible before we come to. It's in Luke chapter 15. The reason why I'm saying the message is difficult is that sometimes doors look like traps. And sometimes traps look like doors. It's like saying sometimes a blessing looks like a curse. And sometimes a curse looks like a blessing. That reality is what the story of the prodigal son reveals. Now there was the father in the Bible, there is only one father. So when you read the prodigal son story, the father who had two sons is God. So the two sons reveal the relationship that exists between God and the several possibilities the two represent. And I said the two represent the world and the church. 
So that when one sinner repents, the Bible says angels in heaven rejoice. It is the same when the worldly people or the world comes to Jesus. The Father receives them with rejoicing. And sometimes we feel it is unfair that somebody who has done 30 abortions marries and gets a child, and somebody who has never done anything like that struggles to get a child. Is it fair? So we can as well say that, ah, God, this girl who is a bad girl has got a husband. Me, that I'm not a bad girl. Nobody is marrying me. It looks as if God is not fair because why will you make this girl who had been a bad girl get a very nice husband? And somebody who has been prayerful is the one struggling with a very bad husband. Is it nice? Uh, so it reveals a picture of the world and the church. Now, that same two sons also reveal a picture of the Jews and the church. You see, the Jews are the eldest of God's children on earth. God chose them first, so they are the firstborns, if you like. Then later, the Gentiles were grafted in or brought in. And the Bible says that now the Jews are struggling with blindness. And when you see the story of the elder son, it's a story of a blind person because all that I have is mine and he didn't even see. He didn't even know. So it shows that the firstborn in the story of the prodigal son. Now, a little background of the prodigal son for those who are looking at me. As if you don't know it. A man had two children, the younger one and the elder one. The younger one went to his father that you are about to die. So when you die, I'll get some of your properties, isn't it? Your father said, oh, yes. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children. So he said, okay, that inheritance that when you die, I'll get. I want to get it now. So the Bible said the man divided his inheritance and gave it to him. And he went to live what the Bible calls riotous living. Wasteful living on prodigality. Now, when he says something is prodigal, it doesn't mean he doesn't have a mother. We sometimes think of a prodigal son means a son who doesn't have a mother. By the way, when you say prodigal son, what comes into your mind? He has what? Someone who has gone astray. It's like the tree Bible says, Oba at the safe. Was a prodigal son is somebody who wish like wastefulness, somebody who wastes things. You understand? In Shakespeare's book, as you like it, I think there was a statement, what prodigal? Something like that. And it was implied, what have I wasted? Something like that. So prodigal son, which is the youngest son used all the things the father gave him and wasted everything, destroyed it. You understand? And I said that relationship speaks of the Jews and then the Gentiles. And what other, what other scenarios do we see from it? I gave how many? Is that? I gave five. The triumphant believer and the defeated believer. Uh-huh. The believer who serves and the believer who doesn't serve. Uh-huh. 
It means of the two covenants, yes, the old covenant and the new covenant. Is that okay? All right. Now, these are realities that is seen in the story. Now, in a broader application, that story of the prodigal son reveals the will of God, which is his perfect will. His permissive will. God has a permissive will. What does that mean? It means that there are certain things God doesn't like, but he may allow you. It doesn't mean that he is okay with it, but he may allow it. Some of them, he may not even be the one orchestrating it. That is what is referred to as the permissive will. He has permitted it. And then there is his perfect will. His perfect will is what he really wants. And we'll find a little background about it. Now, one of the best ways to see or one of the best illustrations in trying to understand the administration of God's will is the story of Saul who later became the king of Israel. So all the way from 1 Samuel chapter 8 the Bible says the nation went to the prophet Samuel and requested the prophet to choose a king to rule over them. Now, there was a reason. The first thing is that the prophet in those days, the nation Israel was ruled by prophets. So that even the priest who officiated in the tabernacle took instructions from the prophet. Why? The prophet was God's king. The priests were officiating in priestly duties. But 
regarding matters of the nation, in those days, the most significant decision of government was going to war. So the prophet was the mouthpiece of God. He was the eyes of God. He was the ears of God. What it means is that whatever the prophet said was what God intended the nation to do. So that if the prophet says that, let us go to war, or God says, let us go to war, anybody who violated that instruction will die. Judgment of God will come upon the person. Why? Because the prophet was God in the midst of the people. But the prophets at the end of their lives passed over the prophetic mantle of the nation to a successor. So here, all the way from the days of Elijah, we see Elisha that at least a battle, a, a, a baton was handed over. Because it was within the same dispensation I'm referring to. Then it was time for the prophet Samuel to die or the latter part of his life. But the people in the country assumed that the prophet Samuel will hand over the prophetic mantle to his children. But the children of the prophet were wayward. The Bible said they will rape the women. They will abuse people. They will extort from people. And misbehave, basically. So, they felt like the prophet cannot hand over to his children. God didn't say he was going to hand over to his children. But the nation assumed that since your children are wayward, who is going to lead us when you are not there? Because of that, choose a king so that the king will now rule over us. What that means is that whenever a king is ruling over us, we can topple the government of the king. If the king is doing something we don't like, we can remove him. But if a prophet is doing something we don't like, we can't remove the person. God will kill us. So, rather than having a theocratic system of government, why won't you have a political system where maybe a monarchical system in this case so that it becomes more civil rather than religious. And our reason for making this request is that we want to be like the other nations. The beginning of every suffering in life is seeking to be like somebody. You may desire to be imparted or to be inspired. But to covet is the reason for all manner of frustrations. 
Then the prophet Samuel. Now, these things I'm talking about is in Samuel 8. You can start even from chapter 7. First Samuel. Then chapter 8. Samuel began to tell them. Chapter 8. If you people say you want a king. These are some of the things that the king is going to do to you. He will take all your children who are strong to be working for him. The whole nation shouted, yes, we like it. He will take all your beautiful men to serve him and marry them. They say, oh, we like it. He will afflict you and cause you a lot of pain. They say, we like it. Now, in Samuel's bewilderment, because he couldn't believe that the people were wishing distraction for themselves. So he got angry to curse them and speak evil to them. And God spoke to him that Samuel, they have not rejected you. It is God they have rejected. But do for them what they are asking. 822. The Lord said to Samuel, hear their voice, hear their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, all right, all of you go home. Tomorrow, we will talk. Now, if God says I should choose for you a king, who is that king? If God says that, I should choose for you a king. How will I know the person? So he had to go and wait on God. So he told all of them to go. Then we came to chapter 9. There was a man of Benjamin. Whose name was Kish. The son of Abiel. The son of Zerah, The son of Bekorath. The son of Aphia. Or Apia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. Hey, these are all descriptions of Saul. And he had a choice and handsome son. This Kish had a son, his name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person. There was not, as I sometimes, a door looks like a trap. Sometimes, a trap looks like a door. like a handsome man. Some of you, if we say, may your children look like your husband, you will say no. (laughs) And some of you, the people who love you can only commend a part of you, not an all of you. You are like your height and that is all they can say. Sometimes they even say, I like your nose. But that is all they can speak good of. Saul was not like that. Everything about him was perfect. 
So in this case, in the case of Saul, we can simply say a curse looking like a blessing. Because it looks like it is perfect. But it is the imperfect will of God that has made us read all of these things. Then he said, he was, there was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. Number two, from his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now, in those days, real height was measured by the shoulders. Because some people, they have big head, so that gives them advantage. Do you understand? So your shoulder is the real level of your height. So it means that Saul was taller than any human being in Israel. That's why he's saying. You see that two of your points have, have dropped. Tall, handsome. It's building up. Please, what I'm saying has nothing to do with marriage. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about the perfect and the permissive will. Because without that, we can't understand the prodigal son. Then he says, now, the donkeys of Kish. Who is Kish? The father of Saul. Oh, it is even there. Were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, please, Take one of the servants with you and arise and go to look for the donkeys. Take one of the servants. Go and look for the donkeys. Now, make for them a king. They have not rejected them. Choose a king for them. Because of the need for a king. You see where the stories have begun. (laughs) Some of you may never know. A bad thing may be a way that a story is actually beginning. Yes. Some of you, the day you had a broken heart was the day you fell in love with the right person. You may never know. Limited. You may never know. Limited. Sarah Dinsa Ozoa. Sorry, 
I am kind to register. I Hallelujah. One major way to indicate that something is in the permissive will of God is when in its identity it has a mixture of good and bad. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord make it rich has no sorrow to it. The Bible says every good and perfect gift is from the Father or from above. The Father of light in whom there is no variance, no shadow of turning. When you study the life of Saul, you see those vicissitudes, the ups and downs. Every part of his story was beautiful until he became the king. But we are now looking at how he became the king. And the Bible says that he was more handsome than anybody Taller than anybody from shoulder up. His father's donkey missing. His father sent him. So it means that at this point, he was even a servant to his father, a good son. He was a responsible son. When his father lost something that was precious, he was the one he was, that was called. He was even a leader. He told him to go with his servants and lead them or lead him. Such a responsible child. Everything about him was beautiful. He passed through the mountains of Ephraim. 
and through the land of Shalisha, but they did not find them. Sometimes what you can't find may be God directing you towards what you are supposed to find. My Jesus. Then they passed through the land of Shalim and they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. When they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with him, come, let us return because our father, perhaps our father has stopped caring about the donkeys and has now become worried about us. And he said to them, look now, there is in this city a man of God. This is the servant speaking. A man of God. He is honorable man. That means a man of honor. All that he says comes to pass. Let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go to find the donkeys. Then Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? A very spiritual young man. He even knows the ways of God. He understands honorarium. Going to see an honorable man, I must go with honorarium. It is also a respectorium. He's showing respect. Admirationism. He's admiring him. <laughs> For the bread in our vessels is all gone. And there is no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered Saul again and said, Look, I have here at hand one-fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God. To tell us our way. Formerly in Israel. When a man went to inquire of God. He spoke this way. I'm helping you to understand. Prepositions. Come. When he says. He spoke thus. Thus is not that is. It's like. This. Not that is. That's the best way to say like this. So he spoke like this. He spoke thus. Come. Let us go to the seer. In those days, they called the prophet a seer. For he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. A seer means somebody who sees. A driver is somebody who drives. A farmer is somebody who farms. Then Saul said to his servant, Well, sir, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. One fourth of a shekel. Now, as they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? And they answered them and said, Yes, there he is. Just ahead of you, hurry now. For today he came to the city because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. So today he's not even supposed to be here. God is working everything out. Now, I want you to see the hand of God. 
in the coronation of Saul. The hand of God in fulfilling this prophecy, this, this blessing, everything was on point. It can't be ordinary. God was behind it. As soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will eat and the people will not eat until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterwards, those who are invited will eat. Now, therefore go for about this time you will find him. He also came on time. So they went up to the city as they were coming to the city. There was Samuel. Some say Samuel, but I would love to say Samuel. Coming out toward them on his way to the high place. The prophet who was meeting them. Now, the Lord had told the prophet in his ears. Now, if you're a prophet, these are things you should take notice of. When he said he told it to his ears, it means he didn't see. Did you get it? Because, for instance... There are things you hear, there are things you see. Even there are some things you sense. And each of them may affect the accuracy of your prophecy. For instance, if prophet Samuel saw the person God said he should make a king, he wouldn't have missed David. He told him to go to that house. So he spoke it to his ears and his eyes couldn't see. So he can't make the person out. I speak into your life in the name of Jesus. In your prophetic ministry. May you see and hear. In the mighty name of Jesus. Sometimes somebody will say that. Is there anybody here called this? Another time to the person will say. The person I'm calling is not coming. But you move in and say you. You, he has seen it. So that's why I said it affects the accuracy of your prophecy based on the senses that were involved in this divine communique. So the Lord had told Samuel in his ears. The reason why I say in his ears is to let you know that he doesn't know the person by sight. The day before Samuel came, this is what God said. Tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. Take notice. So it means that if a Benjamite had met him at this time other than Saul, he would have anointed that person. But the prophetic guide is that he is a Benjamite. He will be there at 3 p.m. So if at 3 p.m. Matthew came and said, I am a Benjamin, you are the one. So God had to ensure that no Benjamite met him at that time. And God had to ensure that this Benjamite by name Saul had to meet him at that time. And what makes you think that God is the one involved? Because he said, I am sending him. So it was the calibration of God. That God is the one who programmed the whole thing. I feel like Saul is such a special person. 
Tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. He might, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel that he may save my people from the land of the Philistines. Don't forget this one. That he will save my people. He is actually a savior. Such a promising king. But why was God saying that? They have rejected him. When he is the one. When he, it's as if they think that God is not happy that they are asking. He is happy that they are asking. Because it is in his permissive will. It seems he likes. He seems he doesn't like. It seems he's good. It seems he's bad. It is a blessing yet full of many troubles. That he may save my people. He says, I have looked upon my people. Their cry, their cry has come to me. Now, the Bible said their cry doesn't mean their request. It means they are suffering. Like what they are going through. It's not that they were asking, give us a king, give us a king. And God is saying that that cry, not that cry. He is saying that their sufferings have come to him. He wants to choose somebody who can help in the matter. And look at the background that is bringing Saul into power. So Samuel saw, Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is. Don't miss it. He is the one. The man whom I spoke to you, this one shall reign over my people. Mm. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, please tell me, where is the seer's house? Can you imagine? Someone answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place. For you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and tell you all that is in your heart. Was it in his heart to be a king? It means I'm going to tell you the blessings God has put upon your spirit. Because whatever God gives you is in your heart. Your heart is a world. Outwardly you look some way, but spiritually, God, today some, a friend of mine sent me some pictures of my class four and class five. And I became so emotional, I wanted to cry. It was not the whole class. We were like 12 in the picture. And I said, I had no idea how the story was going to unfold. One young man who taught me to read my Bible. He was the first person to give me a Bible. He was an Adventist. In our school, second break, that guy will call me and sit me down and read the Bible to me and tell me to also read. And he'll give me places in the Bible I should be reading for tomorrow. And in that picture, that guy was in it. And as I talked to you, that guy is dead. Do you know how he died? 
He died through excessive smoking. He had cancer in his throat through smoking. You know, connect that guy. I went to Kumasia. He went to Kumasia Anglican. And I heard that's where he started. Then I look at this one. This one, his father has taken him abroad. This one is where? One of them to I heard is now a politician somewhere. One of them to her eyes, one of them is gone. So he was wearing glass and he said, oh, she had a problem with the eye, so the eye had to be removed. In one small picture, little did I know that I'll be a pastor. God sent that guy my way. He used to, very young, I'm in class five. Either four or five. Because one of the guys in the picture left our school. And he told me he left before class six. So it's either class four or five like that. Oh, my God. My God. Only God knows how God has been part of your life to take you to an expected end. But for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not worry or be anxious about them. They have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? What the whole nation is desiring for, I can see that that thing is sitting on you. Don't don't think of Samuel, how deep he's a prophet. Don't think of the donkey's heart. No, 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 no. Focus on Saul. Every minute detail was mentioned, not because of those who mention it, but because of him, that he will not miss any of his steps. Precision, that he will be in the will of God. Is it not on you and on all your father's house? (laughs) And Samuel answered and said, Me? Am I not a Benjamite? Of the smallest of the tribes of Israel. And my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. So he is the smallest of the smallest. You know, Benjamin is the last born. So he has to have a small tribe. Why then? A small land. Why then? I'm surprised he didn't say that. What do you mean? On me is the other desire of Israel. And on me or my family. What do you mean? But he began to tell how unqualified he was. Well, 
Verse 22. Samuel took four and his servant and brought them into the hall. And this is a place they will not eat unless the king comes. And the king is coming with a special guest. And who is a special guest? A fugitive going about, moving about, looking for a donkey that is missing. Oh, how God changes the stories of men. How so beautiful it is. And hmm, had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited, there were about 30 people. <laughs> Samuel, oh, please sit down, please sit down, sorry, sorry. Samuel said to the, are you following the story? Oh, I should, I should just go ahead. You don't like what I'm saying? This is a type of preaching, so follow very well. And someone said to the cook, not the cooker. <laughs> a cooker is a machine. <laughs> English is a punishment. Someone who sees a seer, someone who drives a driver, somebody who cooks is a cook. When you say cook, it looks like the thing that has been cooked. Did you get it? Oh, I have some cook. Let's enjoy it. In the grammatical sense, but you say somebody, a person is a cook and not a cooker. English is a punishment. And someone said to the cook, bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, set it apart. What does that mean? When he went to sacrifice, he cut the special place. In those days, there was something called the udder. The meat, the breast area was the nicest of the meat. And it was reserved and the prophet reserved that special place. But do you know that every part of the meat, not every part tastes the same way. The thighs of the chicken is better than the back. In fact, let me show you how nice meat, the nicest place are the places closest to the bones. Uh-huh. That's, that, those are the nicest places. Now, the biggest bone means that the nicest taste. Yes. Uh-huh. That's, how, that's how it is. Because when you taste gizzard, you know that it tastes differently from when you taste the what again? The liver. You eat the liver of a chicken. Hey. Have you seen chicken now they eat the intestines? The entrails. Chicken. Hey, poverty is not good. Chicken, when you hold it, like you remove everything out. Including the head and the feet. Pastor Pa, the feet. Are you not the one say that the one closest to the bones are the nicest? Over here, we put the feet by the neck and we tie it together. <laughs> How many of you have remembered the Christmas chicken preparation? 
These days, there's so much of importation of chicken that we don't get the real, the way they will cut the, 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 the feet and put it by the neck. <laughs> that one is special for some people. Hey, Mama Africa. In Africa, we eat chicken head. We eat fish head. It's a pasta. Fish head. Fish head. You are saying we shouldn't eat the head of a fish. Pastor, are you born again? <laughs> now, some of the most dangerous metals are in the sea. Why you keep eating chicken's head? I mean, fish head. You're actually eating metals. Yes. Those metals, with time, become calcified in the body. That's why rich people, we don't eat a fish head. Now, what has what was kept back? It was set apart for you. 
So, it for until this time it had been kept for you since I said I invited the people. So, saw it with Samuel that day. In case you don't get it, saw it with Samuel. You see, eating together is a realm of fellowship. Yeah. And so, you know, we have not understood most of these diplomatic uh, protocols. But when you are hungry and you are eating, it is one thing. When a lot of people gather together in a celebration, you understand? They set a table and the people in that meeting are sorted into groups based on their levels. So those who sit at the high table are equals. So if you are made to sit there, it means you are equal with the rest of the people who are there. That's why I said he made him to sit at the honorable place. Now, when they had come down from the high place into the city, someone spoke with Saul on top of his house, the house. They arose early and it was about the dawn of the day that someone called to Saul on top of the house saying, get up that I may send you on your way. And so arose, and both of them went outside, he and Samuel. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, tell the servant to go ahead of us. Let him leave. Let him excuse us. And he went on. But you stand here a while, that I may announce to you the word of God. Don't let him hear. Let him go. Hmm. Then Samuel took a flask of oil. That's chapter 10. And poured it on his head, the head of Saul, and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you? The Lord has anointed you, not I am anointing you. The Lord has already anointed you, commander over his inheritance. Now, when you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on forward. Prophetic. When you live here, this is what is going to happen. Two people will greet you. You will meet them where? A place in Benjamin at Zelza. Then he says, when you go forward from there, you come to the tribune tree of Tabor. There are three men going up to God at Bethel. will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. All of these things are symbolic. You, now, these three men will greet you and give you two loaves of bread. And you will receive the loaves of bread from their hands. Then, after that, as you go on again, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets. Now, first category of prophets, they will greet you and tell you your father's donkey is found. Now, your father is worried about you. Before even those prophets will tell you, remember I've already told you that same prophecy, that your father's donkeys, forget about them, they have been found. And not that category of prophets will meet you and they will tell you the same thing. But when you move on, another three people will meet you. They will greet you, give you bread. You will take it. 
Now, when you come to another place, as you are going on your way, it's like when you are going to Lagos, you meet Gimpa like that. So, as you are going, you come to the place where the hill of the Lord is. That place, the Philistines have built a military camp. It is a garrison. Because that time, they are fighting the Jews. Eh? They will, you, there, when you come to there, you meet a group of prophets at that place. Coming down from the high place, now they'll be holding a stringed instrument. Now, this is, the guitar is a string instrument. It has strings on it. Then, it will happen. When you have you, a, a string instrument, a tambourine, you know tambourine? Then a flute, you know a flute? What about a harp? You know a harp? Okay, the easiest way to know a harp is when you buy malt, the, the logo, the malt logo. That thing, uh, it's called a harp. And these are all instruments. And they will be prophesying. As they are coming, they will be prophesying. Then, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you that time. And you will, be, and you will prophesy with them. Not only that, you will be turned into another man. What a prophet. But what a prophecy. What a blessed man. You will be turned into another man. And he says, let it be when these signs come to you that you do so as the occasion demands. God is with you. If you meet people and you want to prophesy, prophesy, you'll be able to prophesy. It's an occasion that demands for that. God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal. Now, when these things have happened and you are prophesied, quickly go to a place called Gilgal where kings are made. And surely, I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifice of these offerings. Seven days, you will wait for me there. I will come to you and show you what you should do. So it was. In the world, when you get a blessing, you go to celebrate. The real thing you should do is that when a blessing comes, you should wait on God to know how to use the blessing. So it was. When he had turned his back to go from, like he was talking to the prophet, as soon as he turned, God gave him another heart. And those things began to take place. That means his old heart, those things couldn't have happened. Everything that is happening in your life is in your heart. It's a state of your spirit. Now, when they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the spirit of God, the God spoke to the prophets that I'm sending somebody. Maybe they didn't even understand it, but they went to meet him. They came to meet him. Then the spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them. And it happened. When all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, what is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And a man from there answered and said, but who is their father? Therefore he became a proverb, is Saul also among the prophets? When he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place, Gilgal, you remember? 
Saul's uncle said to him and his servant, where did you go? So he said, to look for the donkeys. When we saw that they were nowhere to be found, we went to the prophet. And Saul's uncle said, tell me, what Samuel said to remember, Samuel is the only one who saw the anointing, the prophesying, and all of that, because he told his servant to go ahead. So the servant did it. So the servant is going to give a report based on what he was privy to. So Saul said to his uncle, Well, he told us plainly that the donkeys have been found. But about the matter of the kingdom, he did not tell what someone said to him. Because God has given him another heart. Then Samuel called the people together to the Lord at a place called Mizpah and said to the children of Israel, that says the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt. Hmm. Don't forget this feature. And delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of the kingdoms from those who oppressed you. But you have today rejected your God who himself saved you from all your adversities and your tribulations and you have said to him no, set a king of us now therefore present yourself before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans and when Samuel had called all the tribes of Israel to come here the tribe of Benjamin all the twelve were guarded then he said you people come here so the tribe of Benjamin came forward, the representatives of each tribe. When he has caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was chosen. The family has. Yes, family of Matri, come. <laughs> and so the son of Kish was chosen. But when they sought him, they could not find him. Therefore, they inquired of the Lord. <laughs> oh God. Charlie, those prophets were wild. Now, we can't find him. We say, God, is the person here? Now, these are the things we see that these days. When you, when you start prophesying, like you say, you are awkward. Is the person here? The Lord answered, yes. He's hidden among the equipment. He's at the technical desk. Some verses behind the gallows. So they ran and brought him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. Why so much emphasis on height? Maybe it's part of a person's blessings. And someone said to all the people, Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, amen. Sing hallelujah. 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 Now, someone said to other people, do you see him among the Lord has chosen? Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? That there is no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, 
Long live the king. Then, someone explained to the people the behavior of royalty. By that time, they hadn't been a king. So how would they know how kings are supposed to conduct themselves? And he somehow, how did he know? Because God taught him. He now had to instruct the whole king on how to relate to a king. And wrote it in a book. And laid it before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away every man to his house. And Saul also went home to Gibeah. And valiant men went with him whose hearts God had touched. Then all of a sudden, when he was nobody, nobody had problem with him. As soon as he became a king, now he has opposition. Some rebels said, how can this man save us? So the despised man brought him no presents. But Saul kept his peace. Now, give me verse, uh, go back, go back. Verse 28. Have you, verse 28. No, 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 26, sorry. 26. And Saul went home, valiant men. Verse 24. Samuel said, you see whom the Lord has chosen. Hey. Do you see whom the Lord has chosen? Hosea. 13. I in Hosea. Verse 11. Verse 11. In my anger, I gave you a king. Do you know the person that the Bible is talking about here? Saul. What was angry about what God was doing? In my anger, I gave you a king. In my wrath, I took him away. Can anything be better than a saw? Most handsome? Tallest, the one the Lord has chosen. Listen, the Bible didn't say it was an error. It was the prophet that received the news of who God has chosen. <sighs> Yet, God said he was not happy doing it. Is it possible for a man to receive blessing against the will of God? Yes. A trap looking like doors. A doors. A door looking like traps. So how do you know? 
the perfect will of God. How do you know the perfect will of God? It's not something you know. It's something you search for. It's something you find. Luke 15. Now. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Remember, we are talking about the deceitfulness of riches and how they can hinder somebody in serving God. We have talked about the rich fool. Do you remember? And now we are looking at the prodigal son. And I said, the prodigal son's riches was like the riches of Saul. It was given by God, but not in his perfect will. What are signs that is not in the perfect will? It achieves good and evil. It is full of bad and good. They see situations, remember, ups and downs. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. He has gotten a breakthrough. He has gotten a blessing. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Sometimes the prodigal son sounds like a prostitute, but wasteful living. When he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land. And he began to be in want. Number one, why did the father do that? Why did the father give the inheritance to this man? It is the same reason God, Samuel chose Saul for Israel. The same reason why Saul had to be chosen. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the wilderness, the fields to feed swine. He would gladly have filled his stomach. He would gladly do what? He would gladly fill his stomach. With the pods that the pigs ate, yet no one gave him anything. So sad. Will God ever do such a thing? That his blessings will bring someone so low as this. You will have an answer to this question if you read the life of Saul. Nobody died a pitiable death like him. When he died, David said he died as if he was not anointed. The day he died, his favorite child died with him. 
Jonathan died with Saul. David said, Jonathan and Saul loved themselves, and in death they were not separated. So he came to himself and said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? Before this breakthrough came, he was not hungry. Before this blessing came, he was not eating the food of pigs. Why will a blessing bring somebody low? It is the same reason that Saul was chosen as a king. Blessed, wild prophecy. Nobody honored like him. Yet it came to kill him because it was not the will of God. Anyway, Psalm 106. Psalm 106. We'll come back to this one. Psalm 106. Look at verse 10. He saved them from the land of him who hated them and redeemed them from the land of the enemy. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. When they believed his words, they sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. They did not wait for his counsel. But lasted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And God, God gave them their request. But send leanness into their soul. God gave them their request. But sent punishment of how can a man be rich and cannot sleep. God has sent leanness into his soul. A blessing that takes peace away is not from God. If God gave it, he gave it in his anger. In his wrath, he will take it. And these white people of all the riches they have, full of issues. They were bent and insistent on their own ways, and God gave them over. Sometimes you can see clearly that your own ways are stronger than the will of God for your life. And some of us don't even know the will of God for our lives. What, what, what is the mind of God? For my life. What does God want me to do with my life? I say, oh, pastor, but how will I know all these things? How did you know calculus? I studied it for four years. You couldn't have known calculus in class one. It took you to the university before you knew it. Why do you want to know the will of God just today? It may take you 10 years, but don't end in your pursuit. Because every day of searching for that will draws you closer to that will and that place for your life. God, show me the way. Lord, reveal your path unto me. Bless me with the blessings of wisdom. Let not my heart 
Be a stony one. Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Until you overcome an emotional problem, you can't hear from God. Too excited, too angry, too tired, too hateful, too bitter. No. These are demonic energies that hashes the word of God for your life. Your riches will not be moth eating. The Bible says your riches is moth eating. Do you know how abusive you have become in marriage because you didn't know the will of God for it? Yes. Some of you are the reason why your wives can't serve God. And some of you are the reason why your husbands are not serving God. Because you don't know your place. Your fears in life have eaten every faith inside of them. Because you didn't overcome that thing of fear. So reasonable to you, but not reasonable. It's dangerous working with people working in false conviction. Many will persecute you and kill you and thinking they are doing the will of God. What did Saul do? I don't know what he did. Why would he be chosen for such a fate? In you is the desire of the nations. You didn't read the Bible with me. What was the desire of the nation? Rebellion. So, you are the embodiment of rebellion, a good candidate for God's permissive will. Even before he discovered himself, God knew him. And knew that he is the impersonation of the desire of the nations. What the whole nation is looking for is a person. That person is called Saul. He will kill all the priests of Israel in one day. He will attempt to kill Saul. Samuel, who anointed him. Samuel will have to run away from him. And yet that is the desire of the nation. So as God was showing them. With prophetic precision, he was revealing their desire to them. It was not his will. I don't know how many blessings God has given us against his will. How that prophecies came and could not stay you back. You were bent on going a direction. God could not stop you. And yet, that wrong path, the first person to meet you on that path was the one God has sent to you. When you chose the wrong path, you began to experience miracles. When you chose the wrong path, you began to experience testimonies. You landed in Saudi Arabia, no church, yet your salary was $58,000. And they told you that we like your spirit. How that you love God. Yet you couldn't tell that in his permissive will, there are miracles. 
in his permissive will, you can have another heart. Become another man. Professor. And be turned into another man. But not his perfect will. Some of you, I'm telling you, the wrong places will be the place you'll be able to start a cell. The place God said you shouldn't go. That was the place you were able to start a colonia, a basenia. And you began to win souls. How do I know if my soul winning I'm doing is the right? Mm -hmm. Great peace have they that love you. The peace of God. The joy of the Lord. The hunger for God. You shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go. And will tell you all that is in your heart. Ah, what a prophet. What a great servant of God. My soul was the desire of the people. Became prosperous. And that prosperity is what destroyed him. Firstly. When we read the Bible, we never had a problem with Saul until David came. Then the first desire in the nation was revealed. Jealousy. Envying. Insecurity. It just grew. Ah, they've ascribed him 10,000 and me only 1,000. What is left? Let me kill him. Murder in him began to reveal. Went on killing. On a killing spree. The Lord shall wash your feet in oil. You shall not dash your feet to the rock. Let the mountains gush out. The freshness of his oil. You should always be seeking the face of God. Always. 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 So, but the word of God is that the king had to be from Judah. Well, God would have waited for Saul to die. And Saul would have died ceremoniously. But Saul severed himself from the prophet Samuel. Cut himself off. You know you can't even hear Maybe he would have just gone to bed and not wake up. And then David would take over. Why all this drama? This drama of a javelin trying to pierce him to the... This drama of David moving in the wilderness. David going to meet Abigail. Going to get a wife when he has not even a place to sleep. No drama was important. It was so that God will prepare David by adversity and storm. How do you know that this is not the will of God? Mostly, the will of God is giving us a reward. 
The way you don't give tight, when you start getting money, you should be careful. Because it is not a reward. What are you being rewarded? The last time a man of God came and he prophesied to all the church leaders. I just know God is rewarding me. Don't be envious of anybody. Imagine the person who was jealous of Saul. I grew up with this guy. And do you know that when the prodigal son left his father's house, he did not go about telling people the source of his wealth. Somebody asked, is this small boy this rich? And we, we have been working, ah, we are 90 years and we don't even have food to eat. But you don't know where he's coming from. He's eating the portion of anger. His feast is a feast of curses. Hey, unbelievers, they did not even pray, they get to have wives. What prayer did Saul pray? How do you judge a blessing? When Saul was a gift from God, in my anger I gave a gift. I don't know if you understand the things I'm saying. That's as I pray that God will give you away from this today. And as I'm speaking like this, some of you is coming to you, pray about this thing. Some of you is coming to you, wait on God concerning this. Some of you is coming to you, has, what, what is God saying about this thing? a young guy who was in a fellowship. God gave him a very big job in Sunyani. And his pastor told him not to go. He said, ah, this big blessing. When he went to Sunyani, in three weeks he died. Was it from God? It was a trap. It was looking like a door. It was looking like a door. Sometimes, the thing we call a miracle is actually our own desire. When you become obsessed about something that is not in the will of God, you are likely to have it. Because all around us is a revelation of our heart. I give you a king in my anger. And took him away in my wrath. Me, when I was reading, I didn't see any anger. Tomorrow I'm sending you the man who will be coming to lead in Israel. And he will deliver my people from the afflictions of the Philistines. Ah! He will deliver my people. Let's go back to our look. Who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? Much less love and beauty and less worth. I will arise. I will arise. I will arise. 
A blessing that doesn't make you pray again. Hey, 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 hey. A blessing that has made you stop reading the Bible. What blessing is this? A blessing that has made you redundant in the house of God. Blessing that has quenched every desire to love God. It can't be from God. It can't. It can't. It can't. When people don't love God, I wonder what they love. People don't love church. I wonder what they love. If people don't love what is done in church, I wonder what else they like. The songs in church suddenly are not nice. The people in church suddenly are not nice. The church itself is not nice. Something is wrong. Something has hit you in the realms of the spirit. Stop it. When you can pray again, something is fighting against you. See, the effort being made to stop you from praying, you have no idea. You have no idea. You are not busy. No, you are under attack. And sometimes a free night call from a fresh lover. It looks like so. Everything about it is nice. Just that it's making you a murderer. All my days on earth I will away. The moment that I see you face to face. Treasure of my heart and of my soul. Can you be on your feet as we pray? I don't know what you have heard tonight. Listen to me. You see, I'm not emphasizing activity. There are times eh, for one week you have not read your Bible, but you are always hungry to read it. The day that hunger leaves, that's the day you fell. Not the day you didn't read the Bible. That as you are there, it doesn't occur to you again. The hunger is not there again. The drive is missing. The Bible said the prodigal son came to himself. He arose and said, I'll go back to my father's house. 
There is a place that is called the Father's house. Say, Father. No, no, no. The Father's house is not a physical building. The Father's house is the, the atmosphere, the environment of the Spirit. A place of longing for God. A place of yearning for God. A place of desire for God. Ah, lakataya. When you are under that, when you are in that place, a preaching, no matter how long or short, it can never make you sleep. No, 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 no. Even tiredness. There's a certain hunger. When they start playing keyboard and they start singing, suddenly a certain urge. La la makatakabaha. So as even as they say, let us pray, you still can pray. But sometimes as you are there, it's just starts praying. Ratakabaha. Shatatatatatata. Sometimes you are there. Ratatabahazadaya. That, 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 that thing you just said is a stirring from within. What is the riches of the prodigal son that we can learn from? Riches that takes us far from God. He went to a far country. Some of you, your riches, since you married, you've not read the Bible again. It's like the blessings of the prodigal son. This is the prosperity of the prodigal son. You can stand up 9 p.m. and wash out at 8 a.m. So I'm serving my house. Is it bad? Very good. But I didn't see anything bad with Saul. Sometimes you may be on the wrong path, but you are still over speeding. Sometimes you are enjoying the cruise. You may think you're on the right path, but just like Saul. Just like Saul. Just like Saul. Just like Saul. In you is the desire of the nations. The desire of the people is in you. Say, Father, bring me to the place of your house. Lift up your voice and pray right now. Stay within me, that holy fire, once more unquenchable fire unquenchable fire unquenchable fire a year is turning but now the Lord has already begun speaking to you Speak to God. Don't let the blessings take me from your house. I used to be a master, but when I became blessed, I stopped. I used to be a singer. When I became blessed, I stopped. I used to be a cleaner in the house of God. When the Lord blessed me with houses and cars, I stopped. No. 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 Humility, loneliness of mind. 
Rakapaya. Lord, guide me. Lord, guide me. That's our prayer tonight. Lord, guide me. Direct me. Let me not sway. Let me be on the path of you, God. Help me, Lord. Help me. into their soul.
But the Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Why did I come to teach? I came to teach prosperity. That is the perfect will of God. But don't go ahead of God. And don't let any blessing God gives you keep you far from him. Saul kept himself far. The prodigal son kept himself far. But God blesses you that you be close to him. Glory to God. May the Lord bless you and favor you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.